You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2309 North Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. So the last two weeks especially, I've been part of the Carnival Day Resistance. So you caught a show or two? Some, some, anybody? <laughs> That's the thing. That's when you do the thing. That's, we're we're going to do it together. Yeah, pretty good. But one of the things about for me that was super fun was about 60% of the time I got to speak Spanish, which to me, it's not my mother tongue. You can't tell that by looking at me necessarily, but the, I grew up with, with English as a first language. And uh, my friends from Mexico, super dope. We painted multiple murals together. Definitely want to see the one in k and on Eduardo and Julian Esquivel's block on uh, Hartville Street, where the... Uh, you know, it's a real beautiful place right there, Kensington, Somerset. But anyway, think about your language. Did you, you grew up with a mother tongue too. You've been in a, uh, a place or situations where you're not, your mother tongue is like not that useful. Traveling, hanging out with certain kinds of people. Just recall a time in your own, in your own life. Hopefully you got to get outside of that at some point. But the, when we're able to understand, like express ourselves in our mother tongue, but try to understand somebody else from theirs and also be able to speak somebody else's, we could start to move towards a, a, a space where there's an opportunity for really good communication, really good touch of hearts. Conflict resolution is a lot like that. We have a mother tongue. Most of us just kind of um, think that either if we have identified our mother tongue, that we've really done it. And, and hey, this is my mother tongue, so this is how I do conflict. And it's real fun to be married to you, if that's you, you know, like the, this is how I, this is me, you know, I'm going to do this. But when you're in a relationship with somebody and it's going to last more than five minutes, usually you have to learn another style. If you get into any kind of conflict, if you want to build loving partnerships, if you want to build webs of relatedness, webs of community, you've got to learn more styles, you've got to learn more techniques in how to resolve conflict. So the three basic starting places, according to the Notre Dame School of Business, these are kind of like, there's different frameworks for how you understand conflict resolution. You're, you're familiar with a couple. This one is pretty common sense, so you'll be like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. The first one is avoidance. And if, I, if any of these kind of resonate with you, just you know, tickle your fingers together to tell they make a sound. But avoidance, basically like when, when conflict arises, you're just like, nope. And, that's, that's me, honestly, that's my natural, that's my mother tongue, it's avoidance. It's like, here comes the hurricane, I am getting out of the way. It's real, it's a survival instinct I developed at a really young age and I still rock it sometimes. You know, because it's my mother tongue. Um, another one is stand your ground, or, or it's also called not backing down, where it's just like conflict arises and I'm getting my way. And no, I'm getting my way. Uh, the, the, that, anybody resonate with that? Okay, good, good, good. There's a little bit of, a little bit of honesty in the room. So we know you're out there because we have to deal with you. And it's hard. It's hard to resolve conflict with somebody who won't back down. And they teach you this in sales. In capitalism, it teaches you is this is a great strength. This is a great strategy. Never back down. It's like, okay. If you want to build relationships, you kind of back down sometimes. Then the other one is giving in too quickly. So when there's somebody else who won't back down, that's where we, the people who are just like, fine. You want your way is the way. 
Not even like sometimes uh, Christians are taught to act like this. This is like the best way to be. This is the most Christian, the doormat policy of just like, God bless you, Luke. The, to just, you know, be the doormat, give in too quickly. And, and for the most part, in community building, it's real tough to work out with somebody who's going to give in too quickly because you never know what they're really thinking. So if you get your handle on where your mother tongue is, here's the movement that, that God is offering us. Notre Dame School Business didn't say it exactly like that, but this is what they're talking about. A step towards that is compromise. It's understanding that somebody else sees it differently than you, and their perspective is valuable. So is yours. Give a little and give up a little. You're not going to get everything you want all the time. I mean, but you can get some stuff you want. But if you want, when the Spirit's really taking us towards, though, it's collaboration. It's when you have a sense of the, you know the other person is for you. You are for them and they know that you are for them. You're working it out in a way that you're listening and collaborating with each other. There's still conflict, but you're just on the same team moving together. So I got to do this kind of stuff primarily over the last couple of weeks as a player captain for the Kensington Royals Amateur Baseball Club and the, in, this, in this Carnival Day Resistance. To do it 30 people in a 30-day residency with multiple weekends of shows and daily service projects and formation projects, conflict resolution is a critical thing to be able to work out. And this time, I've been part of six of these residencies in different cities, and this one was by far the most harmonious. And it was because we talked about how we wanted to have conflict, we made an agreement about how we wanted to have conflict, and that's how we had our conflict. Of course we had conflict. You ever work with 30 artists? We all have a creative direction for this project, because that's why we're here. You know, and working out faith communities like that too. You have an idea for how you think we should all go. You have an idea for maybe where you think you should go, where somebody else should go. And we're trying to let the spirit weed it together. And that's really what the um, what I'm hoping to get. So if I say anything else, hope actually that you rest in knowing that your style of conflict is okay. If it's your mother tongue, but you gotta understand that other people aren't like that. And you can, you know, you do the other ones too sometimes, and so do I. And also we're, but we're moving towards collaboration. The, the book that's been hitting me the most lately is called Out of the Wreckage by George Monbiot. Anybody ever read stuff by him in The Guardian? It's British, dude. Which, honestly, is kind of a strike against him in my book. I, it's just like when British people and American, white, especially white American people, start talking about like the right way to think, I'm always just like, yeah, well, that's 500 years maybe, but we gotta move past this. But this is a collaborative piece with a lot of different kinds of thinking. But see if you dig, dig on this. I have. It blew me away. It's real simple. It's, it's, he's writing about neoliberalism, which essentially he would define as like the dominant story in the world. It's the story of progress is good, we're going there, and you're going to get on board. It's globalization. It's the U.S. economic imperialism. It's white supremacy. So it's all these things that, that you know are just kind of jacked up in the world, but are somehow seem like they're on top right now. It's powerful, it's got a super military behind it, has transnational corporations behind it, has millions of people, billions of people kind of on board. And that narrative is the story that we tell ourselves. And that narrative is about individualism. That narrative is about competition, about that we're in conflict all the time. That narrative is about 
one story. And this is the story that shall rule them all. So Mambiat suggests that we need to replace that dominant narrative with small narratives, cooperation, mutual aid, replace it with small narratives about friendship, about kinship, about love, about mutuality. Now that, friends, is what I would call the good story. Telling that good story is sharing the, the good news. This is the good, that's the good news, the gospel, it's the good story. And telling this work of Jesus reharmonizing relationships, offering spaces where, where stuff actually worked out pretty good at that time. Where, you know what, I was, I was desperate and somebody was there for me. That story can, if you're a um, person living in Philadelphia, it's real difficult to hold on to that. So the Carmelistas came here for two weeks, and I gave them a little bit of a Philadelphia prep. So sorry if this sounds a little bit uh, resonant or if it feels disparaging. But I told them, I was like, they're from a lot of different places, multiple countries, but across the US, some of them the Midwest. I said, when you greet the average Philadelphia, just their first thing to you is gonna be a complaint. If you ask them, hey, how you doing? They're gonna tell you that it's too hot. Or they're going to tell you that there's no football on, or they're going to tell you that the, you know, the, the water isn't cold enough, or that their feet are sweating. They're going to tell you something, they just complain first. And I'm like that totally. Hanging around people who aren't like that is, is you know, curious to me. And, I, and I, when I'm around them, I'm like, wow, I want a little bit of that. Rub off on me a little bit, because I totally complain. How are you doing? Oh man, I'm so tired. I've been sweating all day, so my eyes are swollen. And I have like too much, you know, orangey green and yellow discharge coming out of my eyeballs. Happens every, every day, every time I'm in the sun for like nine hours. Happens. But why would I just start with that? Why can't I start with like, you know what? Doing these murals with Pedro and Ellie was so healing for me that like I'm, I'm so inspired. I, I gotta go to Mexico and like do some more stuff with them. And they invited me to stay with them and stuff, which is, they did, we've done a couple of these together, but now I'm just like, we're there. And we're gonna do more projects together if we got to. Filled my heart with creativity and what they're willing to, the lengths they're willing to go to, to put together a comprehensive, beautiful project. And the execution blew me away. So replacing that dominant story with small stories. You have a small story like that? I know you do. This is the part where some of you weren't ready for it, but just like, just tell one good piece of news to the person next to you. Just want something good to happen to you today. Something good that happened in your heart today. Maybe happened in your mind. Maybe you were just walking down the street and a good thing happened. Just tell, tell them real quick, like just a 10 second version. Don't, you don't have to get poetical. So what's good is the question. What's good, homie? <laughs> How did the other person got a chance? You keep reading, this is a low pressure, low pressure situation. Pretty good. You get, hold, hold on to that thought if, there's, if you got more because 
after this meeting, maybe if you see somebody who's your friend or somebody you don't know, instead of just being like, hey, what's up? You know, Sarah, being bad influence must be weird, right? Instead of being like, What's good? Tell me something good about about the world. So this is where those where kind of Mambiat leaves off, and I think that if you were reading the New Testament, this is the hope that this is kind of what it does to you. It shapes your heart. Replacing with good little stories isn't just about enhancing your narcissistic projection of that life is so awesome, and if I just smile enough and say enough good stories, I'll feel good. It's not what it's about. But it is about shaping what comes out of your mouth, for one, which would be a good start for me, so I'm convicted by that. But it's also, it's, it shapes, it can shape the experience. And if you dwell on it, if you dwell on the good things of God, if you dwell on that friggin' song Andrew wrote, yikes, so good. Dwell on a stanza, let it sit in your heart and simmer. Tell that story. This is what's been on my heart, it's beautiful. Beautiful things that God is doing. So if you got to the love feast a couple weeks ago, anybody get a chance to do that? You're holding it down, bro. I appreciate you. The lot of these people are telling stories about what it's like to be part of a faith community for the first time. And it's how profound it is to be harmonized with that many people. They've never, I'm paraphrasing, and these are young folks from Camden, from Southwest, California, other places that I don't remember exactly the story. But the ones that, that sat with me were like, wow, being part of a faith community is is drawing things out of my out of me and drawing me into something that is profoundly impacting the way I experience the world. Because I see the world through the lens of these small stories of cooperation and I'm looking for them. I'm looking for good stories. Even in the face of conflict, you don't need to just maintain your, you know, your primary mother tongue conflict style to say, well, here's conflict, I gotta avoid because I have to tell good stories. Or like you will tell a good story and don't back down. Or giving it too quickly, but with like, I will tell a good story. Okay, I guess I won't. But taking it towards somewhere that's some compromise, or we even taking it somewhere where we're collaborating, collaborating on the good story. I mean, what else are we called to do? Collaborating with Jesus, collaborating with the, the movement of the Spirit throughout all time, throughout this place, and especially in this room, with these folks, with these cells, these congregations. How cool. But, you know, it, it takes some work. To allow yourself to, to be a resonator, to resonate and let, and let it back out. And that work is good work. And I think that, uh, I think we're doing it. Doing it in a time that it ain't easy to do it. Not just, I don't mean just like having faith. Although if you have some kind of faith, that's, that's pretty sweet. That's gonna help you along with the journey. But there is, there's just spaces of, uh, you know, a general sense of stuff ain't working out real good. And we're tempted to go back into mainstream dominant narrative. And mainstream dominant narrative takes care of a lot of us. We can enumerate, just look upon me with your own sense of how many levels of privileges am I inhabiting at this moment. Dominant culture takes care of me. That dominant narrative is not like a bad narrative for me. If I keep just honking that horn, it would be kind of good. In terms of like my own personal benefit, I lose my soul. But like honestly, what's a soul worth these days? We're in the United States. This is capitalism town. If I get paid enough, I, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird stuff in my heart. But like, if I want to just play that game, 
But even if we, when we don't want to tell a story, you know, the 45th president of the United States says something every day that he wants you to repeat. Even if you repeat by saying, did you hear what this loser said? He said this. You totally disagree with that and you just repeated it. You know, and that's tricky because we have to stand up to forces. When we were, was anybody at the, the march towards a just future on last Thursday? This one, this one seems like it maybe snuck by you. But uh, Carnival Day Resistance hooked up with Green Justice Philly, which is about six different associate uh, agencies in a coalition. We led about a two, 300 person parade to start at Pico, where we're saying we need more green jobs and green energy and get you know specific demands about the, even the mayor's timeline to be something like 85 or 90% green by 2030. Same, so we gotta move on, get 30% in two years. Let's do this now, because climate chaos is real. Climate refugees are real, and they're direct results of this kind of wanton consumption that is highlighted by the $1 million a day profits by Pico. So that's that kind of thing. And you all kind of seem like you're like, yeah, that's cool. Well, we gotta go tell it to these people. And that's not just standing up to the dominant narrative, that's giving them something else. Say, this is a different way to do it. And then we went over to SEPTA, where we talked about how SEPTA wants to build a power plant in Nice Town, where every year they're gonna release 5,000 pounds of, uh, what's this, oh my God, formaldehyde. I was gonna say, what's the stuff that people are smoking in my neighborhood? And then they stand there like this. And it's terrible. And you know why they do it? Systems of oppression force people into situations of desperation. So we need more stories of hope. And more stories of hope link people up and help and link people up with the capacity to dream together and move together in beautiful ways. Because the Holy Spirit's given us imagination and creativity all day. We're just moving with it. And that's what we're trying to do here. The, uh, then we moved to City Hall, got to talk to the mayor and some of the city council people about some specific systemic racism that we're calling out, especially environmental racism. It was beautiful. There were people dressed up as birds. There was clowns. There were samba drummers. There was puppets that Spiral Q made that you needed three people to operate. It was glorious. You know, honestly, I've been part of marches in Philadelphia. There are like 10,000 people multiple times for like peace stuff or, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. This one had the most juice out of any of them. It was incredible to be part of that movement. Now, that even that, that moment, I got to tell you about it, even if you're not interested, which I you know, it might sound like. Or you might feel like, I just, it was like a Thursday, not like 11, not available. You know, and it would have been more convenient if it was at 8.30 or something at night. But the mayor was in his office, we wanted to go then. So here, we sang a song. But this is the, you know, just part of like the, the moving together, doing some beautiful stuff. You have stories about what's good, what's happening in your, in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own cell, in this meeting tonight. So maybe we're gonna have some talk back. Maybe you want to just share some good stories. What's good? And, and let it shape your experience of the moment. Hold on to it. Don't just slap it away like, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's terrible. No, it's gotta be good and you gotta hold on to it. Human, Gwen White talked, she probably told you about this when she spoke here. Talk about human beings. Part of the reason for such you know, flourishing on this planet is our ability to detect danger. It's our ability to like see what's wrong with our surroundings, to see what's wrong with the world. So we do that and it's helped us. It's helped you. It helps you every day, that ability to detect danger. However, one of our downsides right now 
is to hold on to good things. We don't even hold on to a good feeling for more than 10 seconds. Something beautiful happens to us. Somebody held, somebody held the L for me yesterday. I jumped in. Thanks, dude. It was over. I just, the good feeling in my heart was gone. But if I had to sit there for another 10 minutes, I would have been bummed out. This dude did me a solid, and me and my three friends were able to get on. But like to even just hold on when it's happening. Hold on to that good feeling, this is what she said, and extend it. If you can hold on to that good feeling for 20 seconds, you're doing it on purpose. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool to generate and just stretch it out. Let that, let that be the experience that guides your conflict resolution, that guides your, your relationships, that guides your, your um, application of the good things that God's given us to do and given you to do. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.